Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. You guys, today's Julie's birthday. (laughs) Are you mad at me for saying that? No, of course not. <laughs> the thing is, Julie, not that she hates her birthday, but it's definitely not her thing. She doesn't like to be celebrated, and I love to celebrate her. So I get a lot of enjoyment out of it, and I think that you secretly probably do on some level. On some level. I'm yeah. happy that you get enjoyment out of it. That gives me enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. We also have birthday energy today. It's a Monday morning. We rarely do a Monday morning recording, so I just think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I think so too. I'm excited about this episode. So as you guys know, every week we're highlighting a black owned business. And last week I had said to you guys, you know, we're really looking to highlight our listeners, businesses, or their friends. So if you go to our website and you go to the contact us page, you know, just submit your suggestions. Thank God we said that because we have gotten the most epic submissions. And this one, honestly, I haven't gotten yet. I literally just ordered it after this person submitted it, but it just sounds brilliant. So it was, it's a company called InBooze and it was founded by this woman, Ashley Evans in 2018. And her whole thing was that she wanted an easier and healthier way for people to enjoy cocktails at home. So she sells these alcohol infuser kits, and they're basically like little tea bags. They have different flavors, berry, lavender, lemonade, Bloody Mary, margarita, et cetera. And they infuse fruits, spices, and herbs. So one, you know what's in them, but also it's kind of like you're having this very fancy bar-like experience in your house. Even if you don't know how to make a drink, they kind of take the hard work out of it for you. I just think it's an absolutely brilliant concept. And the website's inbooze.com. The Etsy shop is at inbooze and the Instagram is at inboozekits. So thank you to whoever submitted that and definitely check this one out. Okay, Jewel, let's do it, shall we? Let's do it. (laughs) So we are going to start with news that broke last night. Julie and I are just casually sitting down and all of a sudden we get in this Megan Fox comment, which I'm sure you've seen by now, but let me just take you through it all. So Brian Austin Green posts a photo of himself from Halloween, and in the photo, you can see two of his children. One is kind of cropped out, and one you can see. And Megan comments, why does Journey have to be in this picture? It's not hard to crop them out, or choose photos they aren't in. I had a great Halloween with them yesterday, and yet notice how absent they are from my social media. I know you love your kids, but I don't know why you can't stop using them to posture via Instagram. You're so intoxicated with feeding the pervasive narrative that I'm an absent mother, and you are the perennial, eternally dedicated dad of the year. You have them half of the time. Congratulations. You truly are a a remarkable human. Why do you need the internet to echo back to you what should be inexhaustibly evident in the way that your children love you? Okay, that happens. Obviously, we freak and we post it. I just want to clarify something really quickly. This was not a child anonymity issue. Both Brian and Megan have repeatedly posted their children on their accounts. Her point was much more about the fact of him posting it, especially when the child wasn't the focus. And her point that he was feeding into some sort of a narrative. So before I even continue, I just want to make that point because there have been plenty of times when there have been good comments on paparazzi photos of 
Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard's kids or Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. And we have never and would never post those because the celebrities have made it unbelievably evident that they don't want their kids' faces out there. We also, anytime there's something even remotely relating to children that could come across as off, we will specifically ask the celebrity. So I just want to make it clear this was not an anonymity issue because they both have repeatedly posted their children. Okay. About an hour or so later, he deletes the post and re-uploads it without the kid. Then his ex-wife, Vanessa Marcel, posted a photo on Instagram that said, like I said, the truth always comes out in the end, dot, dot, dot. And the caption is hashtag, I'm with you, sister. Just a refresher on their relationship, him and Vanessa started dating in 1999. They met on the set of 90210, and they got engaged July 2001. They had their kid one year later. They were supposed to get married, but they ended up ending it. So they got engaged but never got married. There's been some things previously where she's kind of spoken out in support of Megan because I think that her and Brian's relationship isn't that good either. But that is kind of the most recent update to all of this. Whew. I confess something really funny. Yeah. When that, when his ex's comment or Instagram came in and somebody sent it to us, they sent it first without any context. And I obviously like didn't know who she was. I didn't realize that was his ex-wife. And when I saw the hashtag, I'm with you, sister, I thought that it was something referring to James Charles tweet about hooking up with a, a TikTok boy and then wow. the girl blocking him. And then I was trying to figure out based on her Instagram, how it possibly could relate to James Charles. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever. You didn't tell me that in the moment. (laughs) No, because then I realized I was like, "Oh, this is like this." Obviously, couldn't have less to do with James Charles. I just saw the word sister and assumed that is hilarious. No, so listen, this comment came in, and people have so many different opinions. I think you know, there's a lot here. What I want to mention because I think it's important in order to kind of fully understand the picture here. In August, on August fifth. Right after Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly started getting more serious, she posted a mirror selfie with him, and she captioned it, achingly beautiful boy, my heart is yours. Immediately after, Brian posted a picture of their three kids and his kid with Vanessa and wrote, achingly beautiful boys, my heart is yours, as kind of a direct fuck you, which, again, you know, in her defense, plays into that exact narrative she's talking about him trying to create of like her being this absent mother. That was kind of very clearly a fuck you. And you saw, I mean, when we posted it, our comment section was really split, people taking different sides. I personally don't have that much emotional investment in this, but I will just say, I think it's very interesting that the same people that thought it was funny and applauded him for that move are now criticizing her for that comment. I think it would be wrong of us to not at least acknowledge the hypocrisy there because there's something about her speaking up that people don't want to deal with versus when he does it. So I think that that's worth mentioning. Yeah, absolutely. And also, a lot of people were commenting on our post. And I think like we got some DMs about it too, saying like, why couldn't Megan have just DM'd him or texted him or called him? Like it was a ridiculous thing to post publicly. But her point in posting that publicly was so that everyone was aware of the narrative that he was trying to create, not just trying to get it to stop on his end, but trying to let the public see like, this is what he's doing. This is how I feel about it. You can only do that in somewhat of a public comment. Exactly. This is not a Kathy Hilton situation where she accidentally did it thinking that it was a DM. I mean, this was like clearly a very intentional move, which is why personally we felt totally comfortable posting it because she wanted that out there. We ended, I think we posted it an hour or two after she had made the original comment. So it wasn't like she posted it and then immediately deleted it. She knew exactly what she was doing. She wanted that message known. And I understand that like in theory, this entire thing should have happened privately, ideally, but that's just not how their divorce has gone down. And it is upsetting to the kids. I totally agree. It's not how it should be for the kids. But I think at a certain point, she just had it and felt like she needed to kind of defend herself. Yeah. And that's what we said when he had posted that originally, that we were like, we understand the kind of joking nature in him using the same caption and posting a picture of their sons. But the what he was insinuating by doing this was the fact that she couldn't be in a relationship with somebody else and couldn't have a love life and a life of her own without sacrificing her love for her kids. And that's so not the case. And I think that she kind of just hit her breaking point with this, where she was like, I have to say something like to us, I think as the public, it was like, okay, what's the big deal here? Like you guys have posted the kids before it was a Halloween costume, like et cetera, all of those things. I think on her end, it carried a much different message and it was clearly something that bothered her and she just couldn't hold it in anymore. 
Yeah, exactly. And I don't think you can fault someone for that. Because I do agree. In an ideal world, this entire thing would have happened privately, all of their issues, but it just hasn't been the case. And I think she's sick and tired of this this story that's being kind of painted about her. Because you're right, what you said about the fact that his post was insinuating, his initial post was insinuating that she can't be in a happy relationship and also be a loving mother. That's not just an issue that's isolated to her. That is something that women deal with constantly, that they're not allowed to have joy separate from their children. And I think she probably just felt frustrated by it. So like, yeah, it's it sucks that this is all so messy, but also it's just reality. And um, we had to just update you guys on that because that was some wild shit. Wild shit. And this is what we talk about all the time. Also, yeah. just from a comment perspective, leaving them out of the equation at all. We talk about the difference between reality star comments and celebrity comments and how celebrity comments are usually much more calculated and tamed and reality star comments tend to play out like a reality show. And the reason that this was so crazy, aside from Megan Fox being famous, besides the comment being as crazy as it was, it was just because you don't see celebrities regularly comment things even close to this. Yes, definitely the reality television element of it. But also I think the fact that Megan Fox is not an active commenter by any means. So just the fact that she was speaking out publicly in the comment section, to me at least, was very kind of unique. Yeah, that was the first Megan Fox comment we've posted, right? Ever. I mean, do you remember after Machine Gun Kelly would post all those things, we so badly just wanted a comment from her and we never got it. Yeah. And (laughs) you know what's funny is like, I was just thinking like, maybe she'll start commenting more, but like, there's no way. There's no way that like, this is going to be the comment that prompts her to want to comment more. Oh no. I think this was like, I hit my breaking point. I want to tell the world how I feel. And then I'm going to go back to kind of being inactive. And they never saw a Megan Fox comment again. (laughs) Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't either. I just, I I don't even need ones of like this caliber. I just want to see her commenting on Machine Gun Kelly's stuff. I literally could not be more obsessed with a couple. No, obviously same, but I don't think that we'll see it. I think maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe this kind of put it in the other direction. I don't know. I feel like we aren't that emotionally invested in this, although people really are based on the people in our comment section. And so we just wanted to kind of present the sides that people are talking about. And uh, I don't know, we'll keep you guys updated if anything else, if anything else transpires. I know that a couple of outlets had reached out to him for comment and he hasn't gone back to them yet. So we'll see. And by the way, just in terms of being emotionally invested, like I'm personally not emotionally invested, but I think during quarantine, you can become emotionally invested in pretty much anything if you wanted to. Oh my God. I mean, (laughs) yes. As evidenced by the way we feel about the TikTok couples, which we'll get into at the end. (laughs) Talk about emotionally invested. Oh my God. Let's finish the episode so we can get there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So next thing we wanted to just quickly talk about, as I'm sure most of you saw, Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost got married this weekend. And it was announced via via the Meals on Wheels Instagram account. And they posted, We're thrilled to break the news that Scarlett Johansson and Colin Jost were married over the weekend in an intimate ceremony with their immediate family and loved ones, following COVID-19 safety precautions as directed by the CDC. Their wedding wishes to help make a difference for vulnerable older adults during this difficult time by supporting Meals on Wheels America. Please consider donating to celebrate the happy couple by clicking the link in our bio. Okay. First off, before we get into the details kind of crazy that it was announced via a Meals on Wheels post. What a move. I loved it. Because a lot of people have done things where they've announced and then directed somewhere else. To have this be the place where it broke the announcement was so genius and so, like, great. It was very unique, don't you think? Very, yes. So it was kind of confirmed on this weekend's SNL because Michael Che said, I don't know what this world's going to be after Tuesday. I may never see you again, Colin. I mean, we m- might both get drafted in the race wars. It's not fair. You just marry Scarlett Johansson, and I just bought an electric bike. We're both doing equally great. Colin also was wearing the ring. Just to give you guys a little bit of a timeline, they first met in 2010 when she hosted SNL. Then in March 2017, she hosted it for the fifth time. And this was right after she had filed for divorce from her second husband. Just a reminder, because I feel like people forget about this. She was married to Ryan Reynolds from 2008 to 2011. So when she was on her first SNL appearance, she was married to Ryan Reynolds at that time. So crazy. We forget about that so often. Every single time we talk about it, I forget that it ever happened. Me too. I don't know why. I... It was definitely a big deal at the time, I remember. And I remember their divorce being like kind of shocking to people. But 
I feel like with a lot of exes and really major A-list celebrities that have gotten divorced, anytime they're like remotely brought up in the same sentence, if they're at the same award show, like there's always some sort of an article about their interactions. And I just feel like you never ever see that with Ryan and Scarlett. I completely agree. I mean, it probably just speaks to the um, like civil nature in which their divorce happened and also how happy they are in their current relationships, maybe. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing. Ryan Reynolds definitely has a type. Definitely. Definitely. So later on that March, like a week after she was on SNL for the fifth time, they were seen getting close at a cast party. They then made their first public appearance together in November 2017 at the American Museum of Natural History Gala. And then May of last year, they were engaged. He proposed with this 11-carat ring estimated to be around 450000 And then just recently, their Save the Dates went viral because it was literally on an index card and it said, save the date, Scarlett and Colin are getting married in parentheses. We're trying to save money for the wedding. Which to me, yeah, I just, to me, it just clearly shows she must not only get, but also celebrate his sense of humor because I can't think of a lot of other uh, A-listers that would be down for that type of display. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I like them as a couple. Me too. I really do. I, I've always been a fan of theirs. I think that the most we get out of them is kind of glimpses of him talking about her on SNL, which is always great. I remember when Ariana and Pete were dating, like there was that whole thing about SNL guys with like really hot wives or girlfriends. And that was always really funny to me. That's the kind of stuff that happens when when a couple like this happens and it's all these very backhanded compliments to the guy, specifically in these types of relationships. And it's like, wow, Colin never thought you could get it. And he, yeah, he's, he's spoken about that, how they're all these, like how Pete was saying when he was on Fallon or Kimmel, he's like, how ugly did you think I was? <laughs> Not ugly at all, Pete. Not ugly at all. <laughs> I, I think Colin is a handsome guy too, actually. Very, yeah. I mean, listen, good for them. I, I love to see it. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. So moving on to Beyonce, which is Julie's favorite sentence probably in the entire English language, correct? It is definitely my favorite sentence in the English language. She was on the cover of the December issue of British Vogue. She had three separate covers and they were photographed by this 21-year-old young black woman, Kennedy Carter. She is the youngest photographer to shoot a cover for British Vogue in its entire 104-year history, which is pretty unfucking believable Oh my God. It's so insane, especially when you put it like that. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Beyonce has been known to always want you know, when she has covers like this to be photographed by um, black photographers. She spoke about this actually in her interview, how she kind of always wants to create the diversity that is so lacking. But the age of this woman is just unbelievable. Imagine you're 21 years old and you are photographing three separate Vogue covers for Beyonce. Like, where do you go up from there? No, I don't know. That's, that's a crazy thought. Where do you go from there? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the equivalent. Vogue is probably one of the most, you know, prominent publications of our time. And if you're not doing Beyonce, it's like Michelle Obama. How else, how how much higher could you get? The queen of England, I guess. I guess. Anyway, 
so we're not going to go through this entire article, but I just want to read you guys the beginning from uh, the author because I loved how he started it. So it was called, I've decided to give myself permission to focus on my joy, how Beyonce tackled 2020. And it was by Edward Enenfall. And he starts by saying, it was always going to be special. How could it not be? And yet I'm not sure I could have predicted how having Beyonce, an icon of music, fashion, and culture for more than 20 years on British Vogue's cover this month would finally come to pass. As I logged onto my laptop one evening in early autumn to oversee the 12-hour shoot more than 3,000 miles away in New York, I felt the thrill of the new. It was the culmination of months of preparation. Quote, it takes enormous patience to rock with me, Beyonce Riley notes in our interview on the following pages, in a rare and rounded glimpse into her world. But let me tell you this, rocking with Beyonce is electric. Although Beyonce prefers to let her work do the talking, as she has this summer with her extraordinary visual album Black is King, she knew this was a moment to speak and speak she does, on everything from the recent racial and social justice movements to her personal legacy, fascinating creative process, and much-loved fashion label, Ivy, Ivy Park, as well as life at home with husband Jay-Z and children Blue Ivy 8 and three-year-old twins Sir and Rumi. Throughout it all, Beyonce told me she had a very important goal. She wanted to have fun. Fun can feel like a radical act at the moment, but at 39, she's a woman in her prime, happy in herself, happy in her body, and able to claim the power of that. In the middle of the madness that has been 2020, you will see that above all, Beyonce wants us to remember the rebelliousness and impact of a simple concept, joy. I loved that. Loved. I already in my head was like planning some sort of Ashley Longshore art that had Rocking with Beyonce's electric written on it. I mean, that is just such an excellent sentence. And I will just say, when she says rocking with me takes a lot of patience, that is a theme that we have constantly seen because of how much of her perfectionist she is. You know, for example, that shoot is 12 hours. Not every cover shoot is 12 hours, but she is so unbelievably specific in everything that she does, which is the reason for her success. But I just loved that little element. Throw Stormy in there. Let her let her have some Beyonce patience. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. So I'm just going to read a couple of the questions. There was a bunch, but you know, she speaks a lot just in general about how she finds these different types of people and how they get on her radar. And he says, why is finding undiscovered talent so important to you? She says, not everyone has the opportunity to be hired to work at Vogue or to direct a film or to create a clothing line. And that is attributed to the lack of diversity in the room. I've been focused on changing that mentality with my projects. I've invested a hundred percent of my earnings into making sure we have the best people in production on the film, because I know that the level of quality any production needs can be found in a diverse crew. You and I know it exists. I'm hoping this film will show that we all have to make a conscious decision to look into untapped talent in multiple and diverse communities. She is the example, though, of somebody who doesn't just talk the talk, she walks the walk, because she then hires those people to be in her productions. It's not like she's just saying that it should be the case. She is then the one giving the opportunity. I mean, you saw it in Black is King, obviously. You saw it so much in Homecoming. There were a lot of stories about when she was expanding Ivy Park and looking at different sneaker brands to go with that she had walked out of a meeting because she didn't think that there was enough diversity on the team that they had set up for her. Like she walks that walk and she does it so unapologetically. And that's that's why she's Beyonce. Totally. They also spoke about, you know, just the last couple of months and he asked her, have these months perhaps also changed you as a parent? How do you talk to Blue Ivy about current events? And what's your advice to parents in the same position trying to impart the hard realities of our time to our children? She said, I've become a better listener. Blue is very smart and she's aware that there is a shift, but it's my job as a parent to do my best to keep her world as positive and safe as can be for an eight-year-old. By the way, holy shit, Blue Ivy is eight. I can't believe she's eight. I, I cannot believe it. My best advice is to love them harder than ever. I let my daughter know she's never too young to contribute to changing the world. I never underestimate her thoughts and feelings, and I check in with her to understand how this is affecting her. She saw some of the reactions to the brown skin girl video, as well as some of the videos from the philanthropic work I've done this year. When I tell her I'm proud of her, she tells me that she's proud of me and that I'm doing a good job. It's too much sweetness. She melts my heart. I believe the best way to teach them is to be the example. Yes. Can you think of a better example? That's what I'm saying. Like She is the most excellent example she could ever want her daughter to strive for, I think. And- you know, you see that in Blue Ivy. It, from the rare glimpses that you get of her, I remember at the beginning of quarantine, Tina Knowles had posted a video of of Blue showing the germ with the soap, trying to explain why you have to keep washing your hands. 
you saw her like little glimpses of her being so adorable during the on the run two tour when she was like five or six at the time like you can just see she has such a big personality and you can see where she gets it from and those rare glimpses of her it just comes through so much totally totally she spoke about that in the interview later on she was saying how you know it really clicked for her after she gave birth to blue about the importance of elevating black and african voices she was like when i gave birth to my daughter something just shifted inside of me she's like and then when i gave birth to my twins and you know my son like i am raising a young black man she kind of spoke about that and he said Beyonce, we all believe you can do everything. Is there anything you cannot do? She said, I'm always losing my phone in my house or office, and I never know where my keys are. My phone's always dead. I get days and days confused all the time, but guaranteed I'll remember every detail of a conversation, what you were wearing, or how your hair was styled. It's absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Who knew? Yeah, I just, I love the idea of Beyonce losing her keys because it makes her like 1% mortal. Right. Also, who knew that she drove herself? Like, I also, I always view, I mean, we've spoken about this with Kylie because since she has so many cars, I don't view celebrities as like coming home, certain celebrities, right? Coming home and like throwing their keys on the island. To me, it's like this very organized thing in the garage that has every single one. And like for Beyonce, there's a driver at all times. So the concept that she would even have keys to lose was (laughs) honestly embarrassingly surprising for me. I I so agree with you. Like that is such a good point. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, how does Beyonce even lose her keys? (laughs) I know. And losing her phone. I just, it's so crazy. It's like, you don't think, obviously these people are people, but there's just a certain level where you feel like things are just handled for them differently, which in a lot of ways they are, but I guess, you know, we're we're all human. Beyonce's not human. We're human. Beyonce has human tendencies, but she's not human. Okay, fine. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, he said, what's something I would find surprising about you? She said, I know it's random, but I have two beehives, real ones. I've had them at my house for a while now. I have around 80,000 bees and we make hundreds of jars of honey a year. I started the beehive because my daughters, Blue and Rumi, both have terrible allergies and honey has countless healing properties. (laughs) Who knew? Imagine being the queen bee in the queen bee's beehive. She does not know the honor that has been bestowed upon her. She has no fucking idea. I wish I could tell her. I know we have to tell her. That's crazy. Like, I, I don't know. When she said that, I was just like, wow, this feels very meta. It it does. It does. It's very meta. And that bee doesn't even know about it. Oh, no. The bee has no idea the, the, the power and the legacy that it holds. Also, oh. I love that kind of holistic Courtney uh, Kardashian vibe of honey being healing because it very much is. But who knew that the, her kid's allergies was her reason for doing that and it wasn't some sort of a symbolic gesture? I have no idea. I had no idea. I mean, I guess it makes sense. Beyonce is not really the type of person that would get bees to be symbolic. It would be more like there's a purpose behind them, but I'm just glad she has them. And I'm glad I know about it. That's what I was going to say. I'm just glad we know about it. That was a little piece of information that has elevated my Monday. So thank you, Beyonce. And thank you, Vogue. Have you ever noticed how celebrities have brighter, whiter looking eyes? Their makeup artists have a little secret in their kit, Lumify Redness Reliever Eye Drops. Lumify dramatically reduces redness in just one minute. It literally happens right before your eyes to help them look brighter, whiter, and more awake for up to eight hours. No wonder it's so loved by influencers, celebrities, and makeup artists, and has over 6,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. Lumify is also the number one eye doctor recommended redness reliever eye drop, and it's FDA approved. No bleach, no dyes, plus it's made by the eye care experts at Bausch & Lomb. So whether you're on set, on a date, or running on just a few hours of sleep, you can have eyes that look brighter and whiter with Lumify Eye Drops. When you try it, you'll see that it's what your eyes have been looking for. Check out lumifyeyes.com to learn more. Okay, next thing we just wanted to quickly mention before Justin is Lori Laughlin has reported to a federal prison in Northern California, October 30th. She's going to serve two months and after she returns, her husband will go in. So Felicity Hoffman's sentence has been completed and she's about to start hers. There's nothing really to say there other than we've been updating you guys. So in case you're wondering, that's where she is right now. Okay, Justin Bieber dropped this kind of mini documentary on YouTube. It was only 25 minutes you could kind of think of it as almost a continuation of seasons. I know that we could talk about this forever. So I promise we're not, we're going to keep this really short because it can just get repetitive. But I really just have to say when he's sitting there talking about 
watching the music video for Lonely of Jacob Tremblay and he's crying and he's speaking about what it was like in that moment when he had the entire world cheering for him, but he felt so alone and that he was feeling suicidal because it was better to feel nothing than to feel what he was feeling. And then to look at that contrasted with how he is now, I just thought was really beautiful. The craziest part for me of the whole thing, because I mean, I love this 25 minute documentary. It wasn't earth shattering or anything that we didn't really know. It was just kind of a continuation of his feelings and a checkup and seeing that he's in such a better place now and and really acknowledging that. But the craziest part for me was when they're talking and Scooter says, if I were to do things differently, I would have had you in therapy day one talking to people who weren't us. And then Scooter goes, but I was 25. And I was like, holy shit, Scooter Braun was 25. When he said that, my jaw dropped. And I think it's because you don't think about the teams around these people that start so young. Like when you think about it, I think you assume, oh, well, he was immediately just thrown in with the best manager, the best agent he was given. These people have been doing it forever. It's like his entire team grew with him. And that doesn't always happen because the fame doesn't normally start that young. So when he said that, it was kind of this check of like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I always knew obviously that Scooter's career grew with Justin and grew because of Justin and that was his start as well. But I guess because of our age, when he said that, it just hit me. And I was like, I could not imagine having the responsibility and the ability at all to be 25 years old and grow one of the largest pop stars in the history of music to what he was. That is an incredible, incredible accomplishment. Anybody who says otherwise is you know, doesn't know what they're talking about because that is insane. Well, you're right when you put it in perspective of our ages. I mean, personally, I'm 26 and I don't think I can even conceptualize what it would be like managing and being honestly the sole emotional provider in a lot of ways for somebody whose career is taking off as much of a rocket ship as Justin Bieber's was. So also just watching him and Chance you know, uh, I, yeah, it was a lot, right? I still you understand. I screamed. I wasn't expecting chance. And all of a sudden he was just there and I screamed. It was like, I literally like, it was like, it was a surprise party for me. Also, did you know that when, at the end, when he's showing Eddie Benjamin and he wants to kind of like be his mentor, Maddie's I love- boyfriend. Yes. Did you know that? <laughs> I didn't, but Sydney did because she's obsessed with Maddie Ziegler and we were watching it. And all of us were like, who is this guy? And Sydney's like, you mean Maddie Ziegler's boyfriend? And we were like, how did you know that? And then once she said it, I was like, oh yeah, that's Maddie Ziegler's boyfriend. For anybody who doesn't know, Maddie Ziegler was one of the stars of Dance Moms, but it's just so crazy. When I saw that, I was like, okay, my worlds are really colliding. But (laughs) just to go off your chance point for a second, listen, by no means am I as much of a chance fan as you are. Like I like him, but he doesn't do to me what he does to you. But when they walked on there and they were practicing, I was just like, this is heaven. I could watch hours and hours of this. They're the way that they interact and the swag that they both have. And it was just a lot to handle. And they're both just great people. Like the conversations that they have, that they caught on camera, them talking, them talking about their wives and their appreciation for it. It's just, it's too much for me to handle. Too much. The Haley element. I know not everyone's a fan of them and I and I get it. I just I personally I, I mean I don't personally get it, but like I respect it, but I just I think they're <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're such a fucking hot couple and I think I don't know. You know, some people say, Oh, she's his babysitter. I don't think so. I think that she's providing him a sense of stability and I think they work really well together. Yeah, I think they both provide each other with exactly what the both of them are looking for. I just, listen, I'm not going to get into it because I've said it A so many times, but B could, once I start going, I'll never stop. But I just love them together. And every time I watch them interact, that feeling only gets stronger. Completely agree. Completely agree. Okay. Quickly, let's just mention Blake and Gwen, and then we want to get into some TikTok stuff. So as I'm sure you all saw by now, Blake, Shelton, and Gwen Stefani got engaged the ring was estimated between eight and ten carats and between seven hundred and eight hundred thousand. Apparently, he asked her father for permission, which was something that she really appreciated because I think, according to the source, she appreciates that kind of traditional element. I have to just say, we weren't planning on posting this because at a certain point, it's like, how many congratulations comments can you post? But Dua Lipa had a 
kind of a funny one. We ended up doing the second slide as a video from their interview. I really have to tell you though, Julie, I was very surprised by the comments because yes, the majority of people were just shocked they weren't already engaged or already married, but a lot of people really, really disliked them as a couple, which I don't think I was fully aware of. Do you think that's because of how their relationship started? Yes, I think there's definitely the Miranda Lambert protection element. Absolutely. Maybe also I was not a voice watcher, but I think some people were annoyed by their display on the voice. I don't know. You know, it's, I don't think the Miranda Lambert argument though is a hundred percent like the only reason because you see a lot of couples where that's not the case. Right. But I imagine that maybe if you're a big country fan, you feel kind of differently than about like other couples. I don't know. I, I watched a couple of episodes with the voice. My mom watches. So I would always watch with her and I don't, and I'm somebody who gets annoyed very easily by couples who are annoying. Like that's just a fault I have, I guess. Um, I don't remember them being annoying or like finding it to be anything that bothered me. I, I don't know. I, I was just kind of hypothesizing because I wasn't surprised. I was I was surprised on the like level of I'm not going to say disgust. That's really that's really a harsh word, but uh, the dislike that a lot of people showed. So so interesting. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but. Just wanted to mention, I'm personally excited for them, and I obviously can't wait to see the wedding. Yeah, me too. Okay, the time has come. You ready? Thank God. Thank God. I just want to say, don't if you are not a TikTok person, do not fast forward yet, because I just want to start out with a little bit of a plea to you guys. If you're somebody who cares about TikTok, we're going to spend, I don't know, five to eight minutes talking about the stuff that happened this week, but If you're somebody who really doesn't care about this and you want to fast forward, that's fine. I will just say though, I think it's important that we occasionally talk about this stuff on the podcast because even if you think that it's really kind of like lowbrow, unintelligent discussion or subjects, I I can understand that. However, whether or not we like it, these people are making their way into mainstream. If you go to your Snapchat Discover, it's not just like the teen Vogues. It's also the elite dailies of the world that are posting the drama between Addison and Bryce. And so if you listen to this podcast because you want to be informed and you want to have like a general understanding of what goes on, we get a lot of emails from moms saying they want to know what their kids are talking about. Like, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by completely glazing over this because I, I listen, I'm not saying it's the best thing ever, but it's it's coming into mainstream. These people are getting big. You just saw Charlie D'Amelio doing a whole how-to with A-Rod on TikTok. Like massive celebrities are coming to these TikTokers. And so I don't know, I urge you to maybe lean in a little. And if you really hate it, then you can fast forward, but there's something here. Yeah. Listen, I think that drama of any kind when it's somebody you're watching and caring about and you consider to be a celebrity or a celeb adjacent is always somewhat interesting to watch it play out the way it does. And what's so interesting that we always say about TikTok is that it really plays out like friend group drama, like you're in high school or like you're in college and it's like fraternity and sorority stuff. Like I just find that if you're paying attention, it has a lot more to do with your own feelings that you get out of watching this play out than the people itself for a lot of people. I mean, for me, it's kind of a mix. But I think that if you can get into it and not take it too seriously, you can have a lot of fun with it. I totally agree. I totally agree. So with that being said, let's quickly talk about it. It was Halloween. Of course, the parties were just ridiculous, which we will get into more in the Kardashian recap. But for this particular element, let's just talk about the couples. So Addison and Bryce, which are arguably one of the most toxic on and off couples that we've seen in young Hollywood, were back together. They dressed up as Harley Quinn and the Joker. And that video of them together, Julie, I know that he is not the right person for her. I know that her career is skyrocketing and that if she wants to align herself with the people she wants to align herself with, Bryce is probably not the call. I would be fucking lying to you with every single thing inside of me if I said I did not love watching their content together. Oh my God. I, I, I love it. I've, Anytime they post together, anytime they do anything, I love it. But this particular one, him grabbing her face in that video, them kissing from the paparazzi shots, I just physically can't get enough. I can't. And it's funny because we were talking about this, the element of Kourtney Kardashian and how I've actually saw this a lot on TikTok, how people are saying like, you guys wonder what they're talking about? Listen, they're both in the most toxic relationships ever in terms of, you know, reminiscing on Kourtney and Scott and and Addison and Bryce and not, not a bad point. No, I mean, listen, there's definitely more toxic, but yeah, they are definitely um, kind of the poster child of 
somewhat toxic relationships. The corny element cracks me up solely because all I can think about is the fact of Mason scrolling through TikTok and only wanting to get his parents back together because he keeps seeing TikToks about them being a great couple. He never <laughs> cared before, but all of a sudden user 20736 posted toxic couples I know are soulmates and Mason's sitting here like, you know, this guy's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> That is so, it's actually just a funny idea in general, just to think what Mason thinks when he scrolls through, because there is so much stuff about his parents. There, I, And also, you know that based on the algorithm, he must be getting fed so much of it. Of course, of course. I mean, if he's oh even still God. on, who knows? Oh, trust me, Mason's still on. <laughs> so there's there's that, the whole Addison and Bryce. And I also have to say, you know, we saw Jaden Hostler and Mads. We saw Nessa and Josh dressing up together. And I think for a lot of people, because these are couples that have been together and then broken up, gotten back together, broken up. Even recently on Josh's podcast, him and Nessa said they weren't together. But I think there's something, yes, of course, it's just like a relatability element about this. These kids are like between 18 and 20. And so it's understandable that they're going to have these relationships. But I also think, to be honest, there's something about the fact that they have skyrocketed to ridiculous fame in such a short amount of time. And I think it can get really lonely there. So I think that there's probably an element where they find comfort in latching on to these people that were with them before they had this. And so I think that's why you see a lot of these couples that were together in the beginning, maybe going back because like they say, fame can be really lonely and isolating. Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing point. I totally agree. And also specifically this kind of fame where unless you're in it, you don't really know it. And there's always going to be people who are incredibly judgmental of this, you know, type of fame and how you got famous as opposed to like, if you were a Billie Eilish or Justin Bieber who got famous young for singing and going on tour. Yeah. That fame is really lonely as Justin Bieber so famously put it, but it's an understandable fame. I think for a lot of people, there is a lot of jealousy in terms of TikTok fame and a lot of lack of understanding in terms of it. And I think that manifests in a way that is probably incredibly, incredibly isolating. So to have somebody who not only understands it, but is right there in it with you, that's probably the most comforting thing. I totally, totally agree. Also, you know, it was Mark D'Amelio, Charlie's dad's birthday, and we got a lot of messages about this. They had a birthday dinner. And from what we saw, it was just Mark and Heidi, his wife, the kids, Charlie and Dixie, and then Noah and Huddy. And Noah and Dixie, you know, have been dating for a couple of months now. Charlie and Huddy are broken up, apparently not back together. But this was interesting because I think when Noah and Dixie first started dating, myself included, I thought it was total bullshit. I thought it was completely just, you know, a relationship set up to amplify the projects they both had going on. He appeared in her music video. We see these setups all the time. That's what I thought it was. And even if it is a, even if that's not the case and it's a real relationship, I will just say, I do think something about Noah and Chase have something, there's something about Noah and Chase that Charlie's parents feel like they're good people. Like, I feel like there's, there is this connection between the four of them. Yeah, I think so too. The D'Amelios always have struck me as parents who were involved in all the right ways. And I think that, you know, they've done a really good job with their girls and raising them right. And I just can't imagine that they'd let people be this close to the family if they didn't think that they were good people at heart. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, listen, Chase got a lot of shit after, you know, it was alleged that he was cheating on Charlie and all that kind of stuff. And I think they've worked past it. And I really think that what I said before is true for Charlie. I think she must find a sense of comfort in Chase. They were friends before all of this, and now she's about to hit 100 million followers, and he's still there. And so I think there's a genuine relationship there, which, to be honest with you, I was surprised about too. Like, I thought it was total bullshit. But whether or not Dixie and Noah are actually, like, sexually involved, I definitely think there's a very real friendship there. Yeah, definitely. And the other point I just wanted to make was I think that these TikTokers – must find a lot of comfort in the parents that are there. I think that Lil Huddy and Noah probably feel very comforted by having the D'Amelios in their lives because I think when you're young and you're in Hollywood, whether you want to admit it or not, you crave some sort of parental warmth. And if your parents can't be there, it's very natural to find surrogates for that. And the D'Amelios and also Addison's parents who have moved there with them are incredibly involved. I'm sure all of those TikTokers find a lot of comfort in their presence. Totally. A lot of people have a lot to say about Addison's parents' involvement. A lot of people think that they're profiting off of their daughter. A lot of people 
have a lot of negativity around it. I guess my personal thing is Addison doesn't seem to care. Addison loves it. So they were living a completely different lifestyle a couple of months ago. And yes, because of her, they have now gotten into this totally new world. But I think Addison likes it. And I think she wants her family to be as successful as physically possible. So maybe it's not how we would want our parents to behave, but like it works for them. So who gives a shit? Well, Addison also started on TikTok by her parents being involved, her mom and her dad being in her videos and specifically her mom being like this hot young mom that she did videos with. So it's not like Addison got famous and all of a sudden her parents were like, we want in on this too. They kind of started together. And I think her parents found a lot of fun and youth in making TikToks with their daughter and they've only continued to do that. I totally agree. Anything else TikTok wise you want to mention? No, I think that's it. I love when we get to do a good TikTok discussion. I get it out of my system. It's like the biggest just breath of fresh air. I feel like, oh, okay, we can go to the rest now. Yeah, that was like the best birthday gift ever. <laughs> 50 high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor. It's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, there's no real award ceremony, but we just wanted to give an honorable mention to Sharon Stone. You guys probably saw a couple of days ago, we posted this roundup because we were alerted by Dave Quinn on Twitter, and then we did a little additional investigating ourselves. And we found out that Sharon Stone is an obsessive commenter on People Magazine's Instagram, really kind of nice, loving, warm comments where she is speaking directly to the celebrity involved, whether it's Matthew McConaughey or Robin Williams' son, Zach Williams, or whoever it is. And so Sharon Stone, keep doing what you're doing. I don't know if you know that these are public, but either way, <laughs> I think it's just bringing a little good to the world. So we wanted to just highlight that. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to move on to the Kardashian recap. The first thing that I want to say is I know that everybody who listens to this podcast doesn't necessarily listen to the bonus show. However, if you're interested in Kim's 40th, we spent probably a solid 35 minutes on Thursday's episode talking all about that. We spoke all the details. We spoke all of the controversy, spoke the backlash, our opinions on it, all of that stuff. So if you're interested in that, I would recommend listening. But let's start out with Kendall's birthday. Her birthday's on November 3rd, so she always has a party around Halloween. Trust me, we have a lot of thoughts on this. We're going to cover the controversy around it as well. But first, I just want to give you guys the details. So it was at Harriet's rooftop in West Hollywood, roughly 100 people. Of course, the entire family, but also the Biebers, Jaden Smith, Paris Hilton, The Weeknd, Quavo, Sweetie, etc. And there was this sign that was posted on social and it said, no social media, take all the photos you want, but please do not post on social media of any kind. And if you look at the pictures from the photo booth, it's the same exact font as was in the photo booth. So I'm fully believing that this was a legitimate picture there. Clearly that did not um, last by any means. There was social posts everywhere. I don't know at what time in the night they decided to change that rule because it wasn't like it was just a couple of guests that slipped. It was Kylie and the entire family that were posting as well. I just want to first say like, Clearly this party shouldn't have happened, right? Like clearly that was wrong. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. There's a hundred people in a room together. Yes, I'm sure they went through some screening. I'm sure that there was, they were as safe as one can be considering. However, they would have never been able to have those luxuries if it wasn't for the type of kind of amenities that they're afforded to. So clearly that party should have never happened. And I think if you're anything like us, you can't even imagine being in a room with a hundred maskless people. Like to me, even if I could, the anxiety that that would bring me as somebody who is terrified to leave my house in fear of killing my dad just makes me like shiver. So we're living in two different worlds. Clearly, I can't even uh, imagine that. But my thought on it is like, I can't tell you what to do. And to be honest with you, if I'm being 100% truthful, 
I enjoy seeing the content. I do view it as a form of escapism. I completely, completely disagree with them ever doing the party. It was the wrong thing to do. That being said, I would be lying to every single one of you if I said it, I didn't enjoy looking at the photos because for me, it's a form of escapism and I view it kind of as almost like a reality television show via my phone. However, the point that I want to make and just to be very clear, this is the exact same conversation Julie Isabel and I had in our group chat. This is not like saying it for the purpose of a podcast. I really think when you're posting something like this, there's just something so off about it. Because let me remind you, these are the same people that when Kylie Jenner posted her thirst trap about voting, the registration to vote saw a 1500% surge. Their influence is undeniable. And when you're going to use your influence for things that benefit you, meaning all of your products that you endorse, all of the things that we want to support you on because we are fans, I also think you can't then pretend like you don't have an influence when you're doing something that is so damaging to our country right now. And like, yes, I'm sure that they were as safe as they could be in the scheme of things, but it's not about that. To me, it's about the optics of it. To me, it's about the 16-year-old girls that are watching those and thinking, oh, if Kendall and Kylie did it, I can do it too. And then they go out and kill their parents. I don't mean to put that type of blame on them, but I really just think there's something very off about it. And that's coming from me, who is like the most supportive of the Kardashian family. Yeah, I think that's an amazing point. They have an immense amount of responsibility. And the fact of the matter is also, they're not the only ones doing this. It's it's so many people. You saw a million Halloween parties. You see TikTokers at Saddle Ranch every night. And it's an issue. And the Kardashians, knowing the influence they have, and you're 100% right, using that always to their advantage, should not be able to then turn around and be like, well, it's not a big deal if we threw this. It was just for our people. Like, no, you know the influence you have, and you have to be aware of that. It's about the optics. It's also about the fact that you have workers there that are in, obviously, of course, protective you know, gear for your party and working at your party, but then you're blowing out a cake and essentially spitting on them. Like, there's just a lot of things wrong with what happened. But again, going back to your original point, you can think that the party was wrong. You can think it should never have happened. You think that you can think that it should have never been posted, but also be obsessed with the content you're getting because those two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can enjoy and be disappointed all at the same time. Totally, totally. And I know it's a weird thing to kind of struggle with because it's almost like you feel guilty for enjoying it when you disapprove of the idea in general. But I guess my thing, I don't know. Of course it shouldn't have happened, obviously, but you we can't control what people do. I just think it's like, I don't know. It it, it really comes across as incredibly, um, more than tone deaf though, Julie. It's like, it's like living in another element and it's not just them. It's everyone else who is so freely posting that type of stuff there and at other parties. It's like, do you not realize what's going on in the rest of the world? You know, what's always weird to me, like celebrities being less careful than the public. Like as a celebrity, aren't you like more concerned with your life? Don't you know what I mean? Yeah, but I bet that for them, they did everybody, every single person had to go through a rapid screening, but somebody made a good point that was like, so why not show that then? Of course, the argument to that is like, well, because then you're just showing off your resources because most people can't even get access to such a rapid test. I don't know. You, you can't win. There's a million different arguments, and I understand that all. They should have showed the testing. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just listing out all of the arguments that people gave. I just want to make it like very, very clear from our perspective. I genuinely like love and support the Kardashians, but I, I want to make it clear. We're not saying this because we feel like we have a responsibility to say these are genuinely our opinions. We were talking about this when we were talking about it privately. Like it's fucked up. It's fucking bizarre. It's one Halloween. I get that it was your birthday. Do you know how many people can't have their wedding, their engagements, their a million things. And if you're going to do it, just don't make it such a spectacle and make it look like this cool thing that should be happening as if you live in this world where COVID doesn't exist. I think it's really, really wrong. I, I genuinely do. I agree with you a million percent. I would have loved to see the behind the scenes of what happened when people started posting. And also, how did that happen? Like, was it just they got a little bit drunk and they were just like, fuck it? I don't know. I think what probably happened is that one person posted and it was, could have even been Kylie where one person posted and it was big enough for everybody to be like, well, if they're posting, it's fine if we do. And then it just got out of hand and then you couldn't control it. Yeah. Also, by the way, you saw Ariana Grande in her interview about her album and she was like, you just had to go to fucking Saddle Ranch so badly. Like Ariana Grande is as famous as they come. So what's your excuse? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, but that's also the whole point is that it's not just the Kardashians doing this. You saw Cardi having a party. Jeffree Star had a party where he was testing everybody before they came in. 
TikTokers go to Saddle Ranch every single night. There were all these other parties. Yes, the Kardashians need to lead by example and they have an undeniable influence, probably more than any of the other people that I listed, but they are not the only guilty parties here. Yeah. No, of course they aren't. Of course they aren't. It's just, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's frustrating when it happens to someone that you really like, you know? Yeah, of course it's, it's yeah. And especially when you're somebody like we are, where the idea of it is so unfathomable to us, like it it just seems like such a foreign concept, which is why it's harder to wrap our heads around. Um, But yeah, it, it is. It's just, it's, it was not a good look. It was not a good situation. It shouldn't have happened. Completely. I also just want to make one more point before we talk about the details, aka the like Amelia Gray Hamlins of the world in terms of that Scott Disick rumor. But Jordan Woods posted a photo on her story with her boyfriend, Carl Anthony Towns, and it was them dressed up as Harry Potter. And she was like, we're staying in to be COVID safe, but had to dress up in honor of us finishing Harry Potter or something like that. And so many people were like, oh my God, this is so petty towards the Kardashians. Guys, Carl Anthony Towns' mom died of COVID at the beginning of the pandemic. Not every single thing that Jordan does is in order to spite the Kardashians. Like, maybe there was a little bit of that element there as like a kind of fuck you, but also probably not. Like, I I just feel like, I really feel like we're doing her a disservice by having to view every single thing she does through the lens of them. That's not fair. It's just not fair. I couldn't agree more. You know what I mean? Like this is a, we're talking about a global pandemic here that affected someone to her very closely. I think that the last thing on her mind is thinking that she's going to screw the Kardashians by virtue of doing that. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Okay. In terms of the costumes, yes. Kendall looked fucking insane channeling Pamela Anderson. Insane. She looked, oh my God, so hot. She's just, it's just ridiculous. Also, Kim is Carol Baskin trying to, know the words to the song and and north teach telling her she doesn't know it that whole thing just sent me any north tiktok interaction is too good for me kendall and kylie dressing up as their younger selves in that infamous picture with the blue and pink wigs like oh, you love to see it i loved it what can i say i just also, out of, also out of all years i would not have expected them to do a a duo costume but i i uh I celebrated it. Obviously it makes me feel like they're in a better place. I'm so happy you said that because I wanted to bring up this point. It's like about Kylie and Kendall. Did you see that somebody had posted the tick on TikTok the clip from life of Kylie when Kylie and Kendall are talking about how different they are. And Jordan saying that like she hated Kendall for the first couple of years that she was friends with Kylie because Kylie and Kendall were always fighting and she felt Kendall was so cold. Yes. Yes. Interesting. I completely forgot about that. I completely, but I don't even remember. I watched Life of Colleen. I don't remember that scene. Once I saw it again, I remembered it, but I was like, wow, that is so fucking timely. I know because you think of their relationship. I feel like totally different than that. I feel like we've always viewed them as so close. That's why we were so shocked by this fight. But then for that to happen and to be like, wait, that's not what was going on here. Totally added in another element. So crazy. Yeah. Also, I'm sure you all saw this. The Daily Mail posted a headline. Scott Disick, 37, channels Ace Ventura in a tropical shirt while Amelia Hamlin, 19, opts for a tiny candy bra as they arrive at Halloween Bash together. So Amelia Gray Hamlin is Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin's daughter. She's also an up-and-coming model. People saw this and were freaking out that they're dating. I'm telling you, honestly, I really think this was just a case of them walking in at the same time she, to the best of my knowledge, is still with her boyfriend, Mercer Wiederhorn. He, remember, is related to Kim Richards because he is the family of Kim Richards' daughter's husband. And very recently, Amelia was on a podcast talking about their relationship. They seemingly are very close. So I really, really think this was clickbait. Like I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely think so. Um, but it kind of does say something, to be honest, and I love Scott as much as the next guy. It does say a little something about Scott that people were so quick to believe it. Yeah, especially with that age difference. 19 is just but people were very quick to believe it. You're right. Right? Yeah, I agree with you there. Also, speaking of Scott, uh, completely unrelated to Scott, but it just made me think of it. Sophia Ritchie. Oh, as- my God. No. That woman? No. Nope. She- nope. No, she is to me a whole other like level. She's a whole other league. I so agree with you. I yeah. so agree with you. 
Also, just a point about Sophia that I've noticed. The woman who does her hair, I think her answer is like at Kathleen underscore hair, and she has a couple of other like people in her inner circle. She's very, very close. I know they all are with like their glam teams, but she is like a very close core inner circle that's different than a lot of other people that I've seen in Hollywood. And I think it's probably been integral in terms of her dealing with the breakup with Scott. Like she seems to have really good people around her. I hope so. She deserves to have good people around her. I completely agree. Okay. Should we talk Noah and Stassi? Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I've been waiting to, I, what do you think? Okay. Well, let me first catch everyone up to speed. So there were pictures of Noah Centineo and Stas kissing, not at Kendall's party, at another Halloween party, and you know, kind of confirming the rumor that they're together. Remember, this is coming off of the rumor from about a month ago that said that they did a secret marriage in Vegas. They eloped. When that first happened, we kind of dismissed it. But like, are they a couple, Julie? I think they're definitely a couple. The question is, what the hell happened in Vegas? Did anything happen? I mean, I don't know. I have to like wonder if I would care as much about this couple. And I really don't think I would if it didn't start off with a rumor that they were married in Vegas. Um, But wow, do I have a lot of questions. Seeing them kissing was like crazy for me because I was like, maybe it is true. Why was it so crazy? Because it was for me too. I I think also- I think because of the rumor. What? I think it has to be because of the marriage rumor. Probably, probably. I don't know. I just, I don't really see them as a couple. Like they're both young and hot, obviously, but there's just something about it that doesn't really click for me. But then again, I don't know either of them personally. I don't know. It just, I can't really imagine Noah Centineo at like these Kardashian parties. I can't either. And also I mean this in like the most, (laughs) as, as most feminist, sex positive, anything I could say this in, Stas has got quite the roster, my friend. Oh, no, she really has. It's almost impressive. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah. You know, I always wonder if she hooked up with Drake. Oh, I think she did. I think she did, too. I, I always, did. always wonder that. I do. I think so. I would, yeah. I would actually put money on that. Yeah. I don't know, Julie. It's such a bizarre one. It really is. I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch this continue to play out if we get to see any more of it. Yeah, I know. Me, too. I mean, then I wonder, like, what – because Kendall has spoken openly about how, you know, all of her siblings have kids and that's not really where she's going right now. But I wonder if any of Kylie's friends that have been so close to Kylie and Stormy have now been influenced in terms of their journey of motherhood. Like, is has Stas's opinions changed at all based on seeing how much Kylie loves having Stormy? Like, I don't know. These are all things that I wonder. It's always possible. I know. I know. Okay. Last thing. Should we just briefly talk about the hologram? Yeah, briefly. Okay, very briefly. So as I'm sure you all saw, for Kim's 40th, Kanye got her a hologram of Robert Kardashian. She posted the video and wrote, Hologram from heaven. For my birthday, Kanye got me the most thoughtful gift of a lifetime. A special surprise from heaven, a hologram of my dad. It's so lifelike and we watched it over and over, filled with lots of tears and emotion. I can't even describe what this meant to me and my sisters, my brother, my mom, and my closest friends to experience together. Thank you so much, Kanye, for this memory that will last a lifetime. So... When this happens, we got it sent to us a million times. Everybody was asking our opinions. I think people also, a lot of people were specifically asking me. I think they feel maybe because I've lost a parent also that I would have a better sense on it. But honest to God, my thought, and this is literally what I said to Julie, I just don't feel comfortable commenting on it because like, even if it's not something that maybe we would want, it made Kim happy. And for that moment of time, Kim felt connected to her father. And so I just have to remove any of my thoughts of Kanye out of the equation. I have to remove the fact that in it, he put, you married the most, most, most genius man in the world, Kanye West. Like, yeah, to me, that comes across as totally just distasteful, but also maybe he knew that that was going to add a moment of levity to the situation. Like, I just, I don't know. When it comes to dead parents, it's a really, really delicate line. And I just don't feel comfortable commenting on this gift because clearly for her, it was comforting. And like, yeah, I don't know if I would want that for myself, but also- when I go to bed at night, every single time I go to before I go to sleep, I pray that my mom is going to come to me in my dream because it's the most 
it's the most realistic form of her that I am able to experience anymore. And it's when I feel the most connected to her. And so every single night before I go to bed, I pray that she's going to come to me. And so many nights she does. And I wake up and I feel like I just had a night with her and it's the most special thing. So maybe this is how Kim felt in that moment. I don't know. I just personally do not feel comfortable commenting on it because it doesn't, it doesn't matter what any of us think. It it was special to Kim. So like, yeah, we can't stand Kanye. Personally, I can't stand Kanye. But you know what? If it made Kim happy, good for her. Yeah. I mean, I have obviously nothing else to add. I agree with you a hundred percent. I think that gifts are entirely receiver oriented. And if the person who's receiving the gift finds this to be a beautiful gesture and something that they love and something that they got without even knowing how badly they wanted it, then that's all that should matter. Completely agree. Completely agree. Anything else you want to add about anything? I think that's it, kiddo. I think so too. Well, we love you guys. Again, if you want to hear thoughts on Kim's 40th, we did an entire breakdown on that on the bonus show. And the sentiment that I always want to echo about the Kardashians is like, just because we are such big fans of them, it doesn't mean we can't acknowledge when they do something fucked up. And Kendall's party was, as much as I enjoyed the content, fucked up. It just was. It's a fact. We're in the middle of a global pandemic. You don't have a party with 100 people. Sorry. Yep. Anyway. Okay, we love you guys so much. Isabel and I will see you on Wednesday for our Bravo show. And Julie and I will see you Thursday for our Kardashian bonus show. Love you guys. 